everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Creative Manifestation Podcast. I am sitting in Switzerland as I record this, and it's just so nice to be here. Renee and I have been pretty much trying to get here all summer, and we finally made it, and it's just really, really lovely to be here. Um, Zurich is one of my favorite places to be in the summer. It's just so beautiful here, and there's such a wonderful atmosphere. So really stoked about that. And today is also day number one of a five-day water fast that I'm doing. And um, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I'm sharing this with you just to give me an extra little motivation to to do the whole five days um, because I want to stick to my word and... Yeah, I was actually toying with the idea of um, doing a solo cast next week to share how that whole experience went. So we will see. Day one, my friends. Wish me luck. On to today's episode. So today's episode is actually a little bit of a bonus add-on episode to last week's interview with Maria. Um, which was titled Covert Creativity While Working in a 9 to 5. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I highly recommend it. Um, and a really funny thing happened when I was interviewing Maria. So once the official interview was done, we ended up having this wonderful little 15-minute chat about a number of things creativity-related. Um uh, about how we hide our creativity, perfectionism, vulnerability, getting messy with our creativity, and the inner critic, or as Maria called it, the goblin who lives in our head rent-free. And it was a really rich conversation, and once I kind of realized what was happening and I was still recording... I was like, hey, Maria, you know, would you be okay with me turning this into a little episode, a little additional episode? And she generously agreed to it. So that's what I'm sharing with you today. I think I think this one's a real treat because it was just so spontaneous, so unplanned for. And I think that's sometimes how we get the greatest gems. So, yeah. That's it. Um, I hope you enjoy and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for having me on because actually it's been really nice to, to talk about this stuff. And usually, like I say, I keep this stuff covert. I keep it very, I'm very secretive. And actually, it's, I think, I think it's quite important people talk about it sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's quite important that people actually have these discussions and, you know it's something that I think is um is a constant problem is that um people don't like to talk about it because in a way they I don't know I don't know what the fear is it's a bit like talking about something that's taboo and it isn't taboo I, I don't understand but I have that resistance and I think it's actually been really nice to um be sort of forced out of the shell and to actually you know talk about it in a more open way <laughs> Um, mm, that's so interesting that you say that. And 
I mean, yeah, first of all, I feel that talking, like even just talking about your creative process can be very um, energizing and motivating in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, a lot of people have said that after getting off of, of this interview, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired right now. Um, yeah. So one piece and the other piece is, yeah, you're right. And in a way, it's kind of sad that like, yeah, people almost feel like, you know, their, their creative life is their secret life. Mm. And then, yeah. And then their, you know, whatever they do as their quote unquote day job is, is the, is the thing that to talk about even at like, you know, cocktail parties or whatever, <laughs> whereas both are equally mm. important. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. That is such a good way to put it about like, cause I think when you're asked at a cocktail party, what do you do? What, you know, really it's like, well, what do you identify with publicly? And it's like, well, publicly I identify with being this person and what this, what it means to be this person. Um, You know, and I think, I think to some extent as well, though, I definitely fall victim to this as well, which I'm embarrassed to say, but I think artists, um, we tend to see the work of other artists and we almost think that they're imbued with some sort of supernatural power mm. to produce yeah. what they produce. And we don't get the privilege of seeing the workings that it took for them to get there. And so when it comes to our turn to try to create something, we're trying to create the best of what we can come up with. And we almost want to hide the workings because we're trying to emulate our heroes. And we don't think that our heroes actually went through any kind of process they're creative they're just creative they're born with some sort of ability or right to get what they want down on paper and so we're almost trying to I think emulate that kind of um um that I it's, it, people see creativity as an identity and not as an action and I, I you know I think I think that's I think that's where people keep falling falling over themselves and tripping over their own toes in it you know I've, I've definitely I've definitely done that with even with PR where I've been like you know a swan on top and desperately paddling underneath um because what I want to do is to be able to go ta-da and everyone yeah. goes oh how did you get that wow oh whoa, whoa. and it was only sort of in 2018 that I started just peeling the curtain back a little bit to other teams and going look how messy this is look, look how messy this is, look how messy this process is, <laughs> look how many people I've had to talk to, you know, look look how I've got to like meet all these things in order for journalists to even consider a story, because I realised it was only by peeling back that curtain that I could actually get them to understand everything that needed to go in place for something to get published, and I think it's exactly the same with art and writing, it's very rare that someone's willing to peel back that theatre curtain to see backstage, mm. you know, and make themselves that vulnerable and show, look, this is the carpet that I sweep us everything under, but it's actually necessary to produce what I what I make, you know, because um, I think creativity is messy. It can be really brutal, and I think people people don't want to show that you know they want they want people to believe they are creative rather than just simply enjoy their work <laughs> yeah and i would even venture to say that something like 80 or 90% of it is messy 
Um, and <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying all of this right now. I mean, it's really making me think how also in my work, how, how necessary it is for, for me to show more of the mess to creatively empower people because you're so right. I mean, we, and the thing is too, as human beings, we naturally only want to show the polished finished piece. Um, but the truth is it's very difficult to get to the polished finished piece if we haven't allowed ourselves to be messy in the process. And I mean, I'm also learning with this podcast where, you know, I'm putting out a a new episode every week and that's a commitment I've made to myself. These episodes can only be so polished because I only have so much time to work on them before the week is over. So, you know, (laughs) you also really have to be okay with to some extent putting work out there that maybe in your eyes isn't perfect, but yeah, it's hopefully good enough for your your audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's um there's an expression which is like don't let oh how's it go something like don't let perfection get in the way of a good job. You know, like don't let perfection get in the way of actually doing a good job um and getting something done and I I definitely share your feeling and just you know sometimes it's a frustration you know if I'm even like this week it was sort of writing um writing a comment piece for um you know a big company that we're partnering with um and I totally let the perfectionism get in the way of what the central message was that I needed to convey and I just realized on Tuesday I was like right I'll write it again <laughs> you know wrote it again and this time just just spat it out on the page literally just had it done within a couple something that took me hours I suddenly had it done within a couple of hours um and I wasn't happy with it but then actually in that in the editing process that took place later where you have to show people it you know and it's sort of like yeah it's looking good it needs a bit of this and then the person I really wanted to impress he came back and he was like you didn't mention this and you know this was really interesting and I knew that was all the stuff I'd put in the first draft but it was getting in the way of being able to put across what we actually needed to put across despite the fact it's all the juicy bits but it was a lot easier to add those bits in once I'd put the structure down and suddenly it's it's for me personally I'm much happier with it it's popping out the page and I got really positive feedback from him which tells me I'm on the right I'm on the right track now but you know I had to kind of I had to step back a bit from my own ego and do the job before I could get to a place where I thought yeah this you know this could stand a chance now this actually feels like we're on to something um but yeah it's 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 always a bit of that I think with creativity it's always a bit of a you know tug and pull isn't it yes yes and and learning to put that inner critic aside while you're um you know while you're taking the action which might Mm -hmm. look very messy in the process (laughs) yeah 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 totally totally it's that in it's that in a critic isn't it um oh yeah yeah where did where does this person come from where does this this, you know like who is this goblin who lives in our heads rent free i love that yes who are they Are they? We can make like a poster, like who are they? And there's like an image of someone sitting in your head. 
maybe that's the next thing I should draw. You know. <laughs> maybe that would maybe that would take the maybe that would allow you to take your power back a little bit from the which I mean is something that I think we all need to learn how to do and I I also think it's not so much about trying to lock out the inner critic um but Rob did you ever read Elizabeth Gilbert's book um Big Magic no oh my gosh Maria what is it love it in the in the book, she talks about fear and how it's not about shutting fear out, but rather about like like let's say you're on a car trip and um, you know fear is allowed to be in the car with you, but they're not mm-hmm. allowed to be at the steering wheel. They're not allowed to be in in the passenger mm-hmm. seat next to the steering wheel. They have to sit in the back um, and they mm-hmm. can't run the show. And I think it's the same with the inner critic. I think it's not trying to shut out the inner critic is like shutting out fear is kind of impossible, but it's about, you know, learning how to welcome the inner critic in with kindness and allowing them to be there, but not letting them run the show. That's so awesome. I love that analogy also because (laughs) it conjures up so many holidays, family holidays are all arguing (laughs) in the car. (laughs) and how dysfunctional that is you know it's such a good analogy but I think that's so nice as well of like you know opening up um opening up that inner critic in a in a loving way almost sort of like I know you're trying to protect me I know you're scared I've got this don't worry I'll look after you I think it's like there's um book the chimp paradox um Mm. and I must admit when I tried reading the chimp paradox it didn't speak to me because I couldn't bear the idea of putting a chimp in a box let alone my chimp you know so the the idea is that you have this like animal side of yourself that gets scared that gets angry that sort of has all the emotions that are unhelpful if they're in control and you've got to get it into control but it was a little bit too like it was sort of saying you know coax it treat it nicely deal with it in a loving way I prefer the car and the passenger seat because it's a little bit kinder. You don't you, you don't <laughs> kindly put someone in a box. <laughs> That's true. There's no way. There's no kind way of doing that. Who <laughs> wants to be in a box? You know. And I think I think also sometimes I sometimes I feel that actually that feeling or something not being safe is really important information. It's not necessarily something you want to switch off completely, right? I mean. Yeah. you know like no absolutely absolutely and I think that's like it's about learning how to discern between um like true danger and when it's just your inner critic trying to keep you from doing something awesome yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's when it's sabotage Mm. isn't it yeah you know it's when it's sabotage I think I think it's like um a sort of like frightened little goblin who just doesn't want anything bad to happen. Um, and by the time, if you let it run the run the show, you know, in the passenger seat, by the time you've done with that car journey, your hands are shaking on the wheel and you can't drive anymore because you've thought of all the terrible things that could happen. You know, <laughs> you know it's supposed to be a nice car journey and instead it's been turned into this catastrophic like vision of everything that could go wrong that's not helpful it's such a good analogy layer I'm really glad you shared that actually I'm gonna 
yeah that's actually got me thinking like what my goblin would look like and how how it would look in a, in the child seat of a car <laughs> it's very interesting when you hear about other people's goblins because that is so true and they rarely make sense to the outside person <laughs> I mean you're normally like what you really think that about yeah. yourself <laughs> yeah but that's, that's good. So I mean, I think it's good to be aware of that because that makes you realize how irrational your inner goblin is. Um, totally. And yeah. also, like, this is going to sound, probably this is going to sound really bitchy, but it's not meant to. But mm. I sometimes find as well, when people express what their goblin has been saying, sometimes you think to yourself, but there's actually absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. However, mm. if your goblin stopped talking for a minute, you might actually realise that that if it's anything that needs to change about that, it would be this little thing. And it's usually not a big thing. But I think actually what the goblin does is it stops you seeing things. It's a dysmorphia, you know, it stops you yeah. seeing things as they actually are to the objective eye. Um, not that my eye is particularly objective, but, you know, it gets, <laughs> it gets people looking at it in a really odd way you know I mean um I sort of realized uh, you know things that I've tried writing or something in the past I remember really deliberating over certain sentences and then you read about you know you read it years later you kind of go oh okay gosh I'm surprised that this was the thing that bothered me so much because actually (laughs) now I would have changed the introduction or I would have changed this particular bit of the character I think they should be doing this you know but you know the goblin could be so loud you actually find yourself so overly focusing on something um and and not being able to identify the actual problems in your work that you need to iron out um if you were just kinder to yourself you'd, you'd be able to relax enough to take a step back and see <laughs> you know yeah, that's. I mean, that's such a good point. And I've, I've also, I found that sometimes when I give myself space from looking at my work after I've created it, even if it's just the day, if that's the only space that you have available time-wise, mm-hmm. I'll already look at it from a different perspective than when I created that, when I created that thing. Um, so I think that can be really valuable in terms of giving yourself that perspective because while you're creating, you're in it and, you know, Mm. yeah, it's just, it's a different state of being than after you've had a little bit of distance from it. So, so true. 